You are listening to episode 20 of Exit the Drinking Life podcast. If you are someone who is giving up drinking, however, you want the ability to still go out, have fun, and treat it like a first-class citizen, then stay tuned because I am interviewing Laura, the creator of Club Soda over in the United Kingdom, and she is on a mission to make space for sober in all locations. Welcome to Exit the Drinking Life. This is a podcast for the individual who is ready to exit, leave everything behind, all your beliefs about alcohol. You're ready to question them, to rethink them, and to explore the possibility of experiencing all life has to offer without a drink in your hand. All righty, so we are recording. Hey, everyone, welcome, my friend, to Exit the Drinking Life podcast. I am so excited today because we do have a special guest. And I'm going to actually let her tell you about herself. But she, it is Laura from Club Soda from the United Kingdom. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell the people a little bit about you and maybe like your the small part of your like drinking story and why you decided to exit the drinking life and then what you have going on and uh, how you're working towards making the space for sober out there in the world. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so much going on that I wouldn't even be able to do that if I was still drinking. Right. right. Um, so my name's Laura and I run Club Soda. Um, we're mainly UK based, but we've got a, a beginning of a global following. And I guess the best way to describe us is that we our, our goal is to create a world where nobody feels out of place, not drinking. And for me, that distinction is quite important because we do two things. First of all, we help people change their drinking habits using the best behavior change science. And we have a massive community of 45,000 members who are part of that community of change. And then we also work with pubs and bars and restaurants to get them to think more about how they serve their non-drinking customers, whether they're just somebody who's driving this evening or they're going to the gym tomorrow or they're pregnant, or they're not drinking. It's a massive and growing market, and I'm fed up of feeling like a second-class citizen when I go out. So um, the other half of what we do is about that systems change. And, um, and that excites me, and I guess the reason why that excites me is, is part of my background. So I've got a politics background, which might not surprise you to know, because look, look at me, I can talk for England, right? And I, I'm used to campaigning for change. And when I set up Club Soda, I initially set it up um, for people like me to, to do a self-guided journey to change their drinking. Because when I gave up, I realized that there wasn't something that felt like a diet club, but for drinking, it was either you're a in the gutter um, and you define as an alcoholic or you're okay. And it felt very binary to me when actually after I gave up, loads of people started to ask me how I did it and that they would like to cut down and they weren't sure did they have to give up their social life and they were worried about that sort of stuff and I really felt that there was something that was needed that wasn't um, as intensive and wasn't as face-to-face but was accepting of the fact that we all have a an individual journey but what we all need is support from other people doing something similar so that's where Club Soda started and it's important in creating a world where nobody feels out of place not drinking that one of the ways that we can do that is by giving you the tools and the skills to navigate what is a very alcocentric world confidently. So I still go out to pubs and bars. I go, in fact, I never stopped. Um, there wasn't a gap. I just decided to take it 
on as a, a full grown challenge once I gave up drinking to be able to navigate those spaces. But um, not everybody has that same confidence. And so I want everyone to feel confident that they can navigate all of that. But while also saying it's not good enough if pubs and bars don't give us something interesting to drink. And I think together, that's a demon combination. And I'm really excited about where this journey is taking us. Yeah, I find it. I mean, I love that the message that you guys have and then the, um, which we'll talk about it and the app that you have going over in the United Kingdom. And I think it's like, because a lot of the people that I work with and what they're struggling with is, yeah, they don't, they want to drink less, but they don't want to stay home. They still want to be able to go out and have a good time and not feel like they're the odd one out when they go out to these social occasions. Yeah, and what you need to know is, um, and that's why it's really important to be part of a community because you learn from people who are a bit further ahead than you. And what I've learned about being social and changing your drinking is this, which is that your social life will change, but change doesn't mean it will disappear. You don't have the same social life in your 40s as you did in your 20s anyway. So you, your social life has already gone through change. But what you have to say to yourself is, what's the life that I want to live now? And if alcohol is not going to play a part in it, what do I do with my time instead? And who do I connect with? And what's been most amazing for me is, wow, weekends are really long. They, they, when you're not spending half your weekend with a hangover, suddenly you have more time to do things. That means you can be more social. I've discovered friends who would never go out with me um, that had, had sort of disappeared off the radar. And that's because they didn't want to go out with Laura because going out for a drink after work meant a four-hour session. And that's not how they were living their lives anymore. So I've reconnected with friends who I've lost. I've realized that being social with other people doesn't always mean it's four or five hours in the pub. It can be a one-hour, really good quality piece of time just catching up over a coffee or something that then leaves other time to do other things as well. And so when you begin to really stand back and look at what it is you want to do with your life, what you want to fill your life with, there are so many other ways to connect with people socially that you just need to begin to relearn what it is to be social. After all, we had lots of friends when we were kids, right? And we spent lots of time with people, um, but we didn't do that with alcohol. So it must be possible to do that without it now. And then I think there's a really other important thing to remember is that change takes time and you will feel uncomfortable to start with. So without a doubt, when I went to parties, when I first gave up drinking, I did feel the absence of a drink in my hand. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not the witty, fun person that I thought I was when I was drinking. And I'm feeling really awkward. And I'd rather go home now. But over time, the, the absence of that drink in my hand began to feel less and less and less. And I began to feel more like I was, I thought I was again. And I am witty and funny when I want to be, but sometimes I also need to be a bit quieter and spend some time on my own, which is also something I've learned very much that, that time on my own is really important. Um, it sort of reminds me, if you've ever had a broken bone, which if you drink quite a bit, uh, you might have done, like I did. <laughs> I broke my leg on, on Tower Bridge in London trying to get into a taxi and um when the 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 cast plus cast was taken off um i was limping and i thought oh i wonder how much how long that limp will last and i actually don't remember when that limping stopped um and it's a bit like that changing your drinking and being social which is you will notice the absence of the the drink in your hand for a while but after about four months i suddenly realized that 
I didn't notice it anymore and things had changed. So be generous to yourself. Give yourself time. It, you will begin to find the new you and the real you underneath all of that and it will emerge. You just need to be a little bit patient. I love that because I think we have to be part of the journey and the process. And it's kind of like, we just feel like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. And this should just, because I want to do it, then this should just be easy. And it should be so automatic. And we kind of get into that tricking ourselves into thinking, because I want to do it, this is going to be easy. And when I get to this situation, it shouldn't feel uncomfortable because it's something I want to do. And I love the realizing. But it does feel, un yeah, it right. does feel uncomfortable. And you know, if it was that easy, everyone would do it for a start. And also that change does take time and you will feel discomfort. But it's important to remember that that discomfort isn't going to kill you and it will get easier over time and you will begin to find out new things about yourself. I describe changing your drinking as being like a thousand little epiphanies. I am still seven and a half years on learning more and more about myself every day that I would never have had the capacity to do before. So you need to accept that it's change. And just because you feel uncomfortable now doesn't mean you're always going to feel uncomfortable. It will get easier. So yes, there will be some awkward social situations. I still have some awkward social situations, not because I'm not drinking, but because generally I'm not enjoying them or I don't know as many people or I'm tired or I'm hungry or all of those things. And that's all okay as well, but it's not the absence of the drink that's making those social things difficult. It's other things. Right. And I think we got to be honest with ourselves and question, like, is it really the absence of the drink or is it that it's new people I'm meeting and allow yeah. ourselves to kind of question it and with, with like curiosity and interest and yeah. just start becoming aware. And you're right. You, there's so much like I'm uh, into my fourth year without consuming alcohol and I am still learning more and more about myself every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I continue to do so. And I find that I'm a far more patient and tolerant person. I don't get as angry about things. Um, I don't let things fester, fester so much um, and, you know, mull over them so much. I still do it a little bit, but not so much. And I, I don't want to give up the life that I've gained by drinking again. So it's not that, you know, I'm resisting alcohol every day. Not that at all. I put myself in, in place, in full frontal view of alcohol all the time. I just don't want it because I would lose too much and I've gained such a great life um, by not drinking that why would I give that up? Right, exactly. And I think you, and I think many people, because it's so new for them, they are so afraid to even experience it. And so they don't even allow themselves the opportunity or the chance. And that's why I love that there's places like Club Soda and the different online platforms now that are available for people to experience this in like a whole new way and be open to looking at it and experience it and rethinking this whole um, alcohol experience. And so um, with that, what I would love to talk about some of the things that, because I'm also working with flight attendants myself. And so we travel all over the world. And so you guys have an app, right? Yeah, so we have a web app, which is clubsodaguide.com, which is a guide to all of the drink, low and no alcohol drinks in the UK and where to find them. Now, don't tell pubs and bars this, but secretly, 
it's a device to get them to change what they do because by um, them signing up, they have to answer some questions about what it is that they stock. And there's a sc scoring system at the back end that's been developed by my co-founder, UC. And depending on what they stock, they get a score out of five for how good they are for mindful drinkers. So if you're anywhere in the UK and you press the, the little icon that says what's near me you'll you'll get up a list of pubs that that score between nothing and five and the ones that have got five if you click on them you'll be able to see what it is they've got in stock maybe slightly out of date but it means that they might have if they don't have one beer they have a different beer but basically what it shows you is that they're committed to having a good range for people who are alcohol free um, so you can have a little look it's got low alcohol on there as well so if you're moderating and you want to lower your ABV when you go out, there are beers under 3% on there as well. And we are slowly doing a few things in the UK to populate that guide. I'm working with um, national pub chains to sign them up because the point of influence is their, their buyer at national level. And then with smaller chains and individual pubs, we're, we're doing localised campaigns to get people to nominate the best pubs and all of that sort of stuff. And I'm really hoping that we can take that this guide globally next year and i'm talking to people in ireland and america and australia about how we might do that but in the meantime it's been really good experience to see how we can get this working in the uk and it is phenomenal we've got over a thousand drinks on that guide which you know you could think it was impossible a few years ago and particularly when i gave up drinking there wasn't anything out there and you can see also where you can buy them in the supermarkets in the UK. So it's been a real shift of focus um, for us influencing venues using a, a digital tool to do that. Uh, I, find, I think that's totally awesome. And for the US listeners now, what are some of the things they themselves could start doing to start helping with the influence? Like even because I know until I actually heard you speak at an event, I never even thought about some of the ideas that you gave us to actually bring to the associations and the bars and the restaurants that we actually go to? Well, in America, you've got a really um, interesting way to influence, which is that you've got a tipping system that works very different to the UK. And, you know, you, you, you've got a very um, advanced sense of yourself as a consumer, whereas Brits aren't quite as good at that. And so I do think that when you go to a bar or you go to a restaurant, then if you don't ask to begin with that they don't know that it's even something that people want so do ask what have you got that's alcohol free and when they start to say to you coke and lemonade you need to say no what what adult alcohol free drinks have you got what do you have that pairs with your food you know do you have something for me and then um you um you so to so be an active consumer and if somewhere's really good give feedback that they're really good. And you could do that through tipping, but I also think you should tell people. And then if you are, if you're unhappy, um, we've got some resources online where that we've got um, letters that you can write to venues. We've also started doing little cards in the UK that say either, thank you for bringing a great venue. Have you thought about signing up to clubsodaguide.com? Cause you've got a great range of low and no alcohol drinks or another card that says times are changing you know, there's more demand for low, no alcohol drinks. I'd have really loved it if you'd have had something for me when I came this evening. If you want to find out more, go to clubsodaguide.com. So there's something about being a more active consumer. Um, I would also say I still take my own drinks to pubs sometimes in the UK. So, you know, get yourself a stick, your favorite drink in your bag 
And I'm quite brazen about going in and drinking it if they haven't got anything for me. Or even putting a really nice cordial into a small shampoo bottle and then pimping your own tonic water or water when you go out. So if you really feel that you might be stressed by not having something interesting to drink, you know, take the matter into your own hands. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you're confident enough, and this is slightly about confidence, you know, asking, saying that you would have appreciated it if they'd had something different. Did they know that there's now a whole new wave of alcohol-free beers and botanical spirits and those things? Have they thought about trying them? and so on. Um, I'm, I'm very keen that I'm hoping next year in the US, we might actually do a trade event for drinks companies to talk to them about the growth of low and no in the UK and how we can begin to stimulate that in the States. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping that some point soon we'll be able to do a festival in the States as well. Oh, that would be awesome. And uh, you can sign me up to help you out. <laughs> All right, volunteer number one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, volunteer number one. But I think it. Well, I think over here, some ideas over here in the states, people could do like the. Um, they have if they're on Google Maps and you find them on Google Maps, you could even write like a Google review, and then there are um, like food reviewing apps where so if people are using those. I want to encourage people to like actually talk about their alcohol-free experience or even make those same statements. Like it would have been way more fun as an alcohol-free person if they'd had something more first-class experience for me and start Absolutely maybe putting right. those in the reviews. I think that will help. Yeah. Yeah. With, without a doubt, any chance you've got to review a venue, put it in. Um, but do tell them because, you know, um, venues are very much, based on what they think the customers are asking for. And if you automatically go, oh, well, I'll have a Coke then, and don't ask, they will never know. So at least, I, I mean, I, 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 I now drink alcohol-free beer. I never drank beer when I was drinking, but it's still not my preference. But I will still ask for an alcohol-free beer if they've got one, just so they, they know that somebody wants it. <laughs> right, because they, don't, they also are in the business of you know, making money. So if they don't really know, that there is a desire even a movement about it around this and um and then they can maybe do some research on how to find you know to find them so they can look for them because i have noticed that there are more and more of them out there in yeah the stores and there are more definitely yeah definitely and in the uk um anywhere that's serving alcohol has to give tap water for free and so you could go into a pub for the whole evening and just drink tap water now they're not going to make any money out of you for that. So we, we, you know, we're very pro tap water in the UK. So, you know, I, and I certainly do that in restaurants. If they've got nothing for me, I will, it's perfectly acceptable to sit in the whole evening and just have tap water. Uh, okay. So then they're not going to make, okay. But yet you're sitting. I don't do it as a point of spite. I don't do it as a point of spite. If I'm eating, I generally, um, I'm not interested in having a drink with it necessarily. And um, I need to drink more water anyway. But uh, I, I often do head counts in restaurants in the early part of the week and realize how many people are sat eating a meal and only drinking tap water. Oh, okay. All right. That's very interesting. I never even thought about that either. I'll have to start paying more attention as I'm going out to the different places and restaurants in my layovers. And yeah. 
and then, and also even uh, I think I'm going to start going down, even though I don't always go down to the bars or go down just because time wise, like sometimes I only have 12 hours. So all I want to do is take a shower and Sleep. go to bed. Right. You know, but um, I'm going to start going down and start asking more questions about what, what countries we have. Yeah. And hotels are terrible. So they're even worse than, than pubs and bars. Well, where do you tend to lay over? Well, I actually, because I'm not, I used to be based in New York, so I was layover. I went to London a lot, but, and then uh, in different places in Europe, but now I'm based down in Florida and we don't actually go from the base of Florida to the international destinations for layovers. So I'm always somewhere within the United States. Yeah. So ever since after actually hearing you speak, I have actually begun to make a more conscious effort to when it's hours that I can go down there because sometimes I get there and they're not even open like you know or I'm leaving yeah. and they're not even open yet the, the coffee's yeah. not even ready yet <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know you're up too early when coffee's not ready <laughs> absolutely <laughs> how do you manage yeah you have to bring your own and make it in the room it's like oh my gosh but and you get to the airport and Starbucks isn't even open yet it's like, that's impossible it's like, surely <laughs> Yeah, it has happened on occasion. But to actually continue to help people like with their desire to drink less and stuff within your the training that you have within Club Soda, what are like like four or five things that people could do for themselves to kind of get themselves to start? So like if they're really realizing, okay, what I'm doing isn't working, I really need to start kind of drinking less. And what would be the best way like you've seen for the groups of people that you have going to help them start out? Uh, well, certainly the key to success is a mixture of two things, which is commitment and confidence. And commitment's quite important. I gave up two weeks before my birthday because I'd got to a point where I realized there would be no good time to change my drinking. I had to do this now. And actually, in the last year, I've done the same with diet, which is I've made it a, it's not optional, I have to lose some weight. And so you need to be really committed to it, which means that you also need to plan. You need to plan for you know, the days that you might have after, after work drinks or days where you may have layovers in strange cities. You need to plan for parties and social occasions. You need to plan for even boredom because we often drink when we're bored. So you, you need to establish your commitments. You need to plan and think through um, how you're going to make sure that you've got something in place for every possible trigger moment. And by doing that, you will build confidence. And confidence is the other secret to success, which is that you need to know how to do this. You need to know how to be sober when your internal dialogue is continually telling you that you want to have a drink or that you, um, that you can't do this, that you're a failure, that everyone else is having a drink. You deserve this. It's been a stressful day. And part of the way you build that confidence is by immersing yourself in the subject. So listening to podcasts like this one or reading all of the Quitlet books that are out there. Um, we've got a book coming out on the 26th of December that's coming out globally called How to Be a Mindful Drinker, which is only one of the books that I think you should read if you're changing your drinking, because I think you should read them all because you will gain something from all of them. Get yourself onto some online forums, start talking to people and really immerse yourself in the subject. Because what you're doing is you're learning about behavior change. You're learning about it from other people like you. You're learning what works for you and you're getting tips from other people. And that knowledge will build your confidence, which means that you are more likely to deliver on the commitment that you've made to yourself to change your drinking. 
and that's where that's where the magic really happens so so make a commitment set a day don't wait for that wedding or that birthday or even christmas get on with it now because there'll never be a good day then make sure that you have a plan and you immerse yourself in the content so that you're you're building confidence every step of the way which means that if you do you know have a drink when you hadn't intended to you're more likely to pick up straight away the following day and the quicker you pick up the more likely you are to succeed because this is a journey right this is a, a marathon not a sprint and you need to each time you will learn and you need to understand that that's a learning process particularly when you know we've been told for so long that alcohol is the answer to everything from making you happier to, to dealing with your sadness and so there's a lot of real um cultural learning to undo but also there's a lot of um hard wiring in your brain that you need to undo and i think it wasn't until year three until i realized that that my natural response to any emotional situation was no longer about having a drink and so you know i've been through bereavements and stressful days and hard times and being angry and being tired and now alcohol isn't the thing that I think about when I want to, you know, uh, comfort myself. And, and that still takes time. But, you know, if that seems like a long time, because it does to a lot of people, get the first month under your belt. Three months, that's a real dream. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's awesome. Like just having the commitment. And the only way you're really going to get the confidence is to really put yourself there. And then experience like all those emotions that we talked about in the beginning, like the discomfort of being someplace without the drink in your hand and putting yourself in the spaces and the places of where you would normally have a drink just so you can really have the confidence in yourself of like, oh, okay, yeah. I could be in this space in a whole new way. Yeah. Don't do it too soon. If you're not ready, yeah. then, then give yourself permission to not go to things. But when you think you're ready... Don't avoid it all because we're social creatures and we need to be with other people. But you may need to start looking up all of the other activities in your local area from yoga to running groups and walking groups and crafting and cinema and theatre. I love it. I remember the second half of plays now. I adore the theatre, but I always used to be drunk by the second half. So it's wonderful. I've, I've regained a whole, a whole part of something that I really enjoy. And I think um, the other thing to remember is, is we're often very good at, uh, at looking at the headline. So if you think about our New Year's resolutions, we go, right, I need to lose weight, get fit and give up drinking. But we never go, and to, to gain what? What is it we're hoping to get from this? Now, we've got members in Club Soda who are giving up drinking because they want to be a better grandparent or because they want a better relationship or because they want to start a business. And it's really important to think about the, what is it you will gain from this? It's not just about, you know, being able to tick a box and say that you're doing something that you think you should do. Um, this is something that you want to do and you want to do it for a bigger reason than the headline itself. You want to do it because you want to be more focused. You want to be less stressed. You want to be more present in the moment. You want to lose weight. You want to look younger. You want to be more energetic. You want to be more productive. Those are all far more important than the headline of I want to be alcohol free, aren't they? They are, yeah. they are real gains. And so start to write down the things that you think you will gain from changing your drinking habits. 
Oh, I think that's fantastic. And I actually think that's how we should leave it. It's like, you know, as you're thinking about this and you're realizing like you want to exit the drinking life, ask yourself, okay, when I do this, what am I going to gain? And what yeah. am I seeking to gain by wanting to change this aspect and this habit and this behavior that I have? What is the life that you really want to lead? It's yours. You can design it. And taking drink out will help you achieve it. Yeah, absolutely awesome. And thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to put in the show notes how everybody can connect with you and reach you. And then, um, and then um, um, I really appreciate you being here. And I look forward to having you on again when we kind of bring it over here to the United States. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Brilliant, Debbie. Oh my gosh, you guys. I sincerely hope you had as much fun listening as I had doing that interview. And for those of you who agree with Laura and would like to see more of the Making Space for Sober and having that first class experience inside the establishments over here in the United States, I want to encourage you guys to really start asking the establishments that you are going to, and especially if you're going on a regular basis, like what do they have for you as an alcohol-free person? And start expecting to have a better experience and encouraging the restaurants and the bars to start bringing you better experiences. And also, I do want to encourage you guys to check on Instagram because as I shared with Laura, if you guys want to check out the Mocktail Project on Instagram and then several of the people following them, because I do now know that the Mocktail Project is in Kentucky and then also there's stuff going on in Austin. And there's a place in Brooklyn. So there are places that are popping up here in the United States. And I just saw in the Mocktail Project Instagram stream that there is an event going on in D.C. this coming weekend, which is actually November 23rd, as um, this is going up on the air. Well, I guess that's next weekend. Anyway, so there is a slower movement coming here to the United States. But if you want to be part of it and start encouraging the establishments that you're attending and that you're spending money in and encouraging them to bring things for you into their establishments so that you can feel more like you're having a first class experience as you're going out. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Also, for the show notes, if you just go to ExitTheDrinkingLife.com and then look for this is episode number 20. And so I'll have links in there to what Laura offers as far as her app goes and stuff like that, especially those of you that are my fellow flight attendants that do travel over into Europe and, and actually into the United Kingdom. That'll give you an option for some other um, places for you to do. And all those traveling warriors that are out there, the business people that are doing a lot of travel as you're over in the United Kingdom, take advantage of what she has offered in the app and look up some of the things that they have going on at Club Soda and the different variety of um, alcohol-free sponsored events that they have going on. And I will talk to you guys all next week. You have been listening to Exit the Drinking Life podcast with Debbie Talbert. It is my honor, pleasure, and joy to come to you each and every week with insight, information, ideas, tools, and tips to help you exit the drinking life. If you'd like to know more about how you can work with me directly, then go to jumpseatcoaching.com and there you can find out 
everything I offer and how we can connect and work together directly.